Welcome back to episode number 144 of The NP Dude. This is Jeff The NP Dude giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's everybody out there listening. I don't care who you are. I want to hear what's going on. I've got uh, two I'm going to do today. I'm on my way to work. I've only got like 20 minutes to do it, so I'm going to be quick. But before I do that, I have to do the housekeeping. We're at 2840-something on the Facebook likes. Not even close to the 5,000 mark that I wanted by the end of the year. So I need your help. I need you guys to tell your friends and your colleagues and your and your uh, students that are in your class with you. If there's, uh, if there's somebody in there that's struggling with any of the issues that we are handling here on the NP Dupe. The scope of what we've kind of turned into is medical legal, which is kind of what my background is. But it could be business. It could be practice related. It could be uh, ethics. It could be any of that stuff. That's all kind of in my wheelhouse. So if you have those types of questions tell those people, say, look, there's this wacky guy that's ready to help. All you got to do is email me, jeff at the npdude.com. That's all you got to do. You can catch me on Facebook and you can give me a like, a share, and uh, some ratings there. I haven't gotten any ratings recently. I don't know on iTunes. I haven't been there in a while. I haven't even looked. Probably in a month and a half. So I don't know if I'm getting ratings there or not. It might be helping. I might have more listeners than I can possibly imagine. No idea. So what I need you to do is go on to Facebook, give me a like and a share, and um, it lets me know at least a measuring stick of how many people out there actually are listening through iTunes. So iTunes people jump on Facebook every now and then. We've got uh, a couple ways you can support the show other than just sharing, and um, those are financial ways. But they're not really financial ways. One is you go onto my website, thenp2.com. Click on the Amazon banner. It takes you to Amazon. You do all the purchasing and you buy all that cool stuff, um, crazy wacky stuff that's been purchased recently. Somebody brought some, bought some bras, so there you go. Um, I bought a bunch of stuff for camper. We, we bought a trailer, a travel trailer, and I've got pieces, parts for that. I've been chipping away at working on. So uh, whatever it is that's in your life, it doesn't matter what it is. Go ahead and purchase those things through Amazon, and uh, it gives me a couple percentage of your purchase. It's a great way to help support the show. The other way you can do it is if you're feeling spunky and you know, yeah, I don't need to buy anything, and I just really want to throw a little money at Jeff, you can use the donate button. I get uh, occasionally a, a couple bucks here or there, and uh, every now and then I get a wallop of a big old giant one. And so those are much appreciated, and I really do need them to help this show keep going. So um, you can use the donate button. If you want a Chronic Intractables t-shirt, take a look on my website or on the Facebook page. You can find a Chronic Intractable t-shirt. Uh, I sell them for $25. So if you're interested in one of those, I can get you one. Uh, I don't make really any money on it, but it's just kind of fun, and I think they're uh, they're just kind of a neat thing to do. So um, today we got two I want to go through. They're both business-related, and they kind of go hand-in-hand. Hand. It was just kind of fortunate timing. Both of these happened pretty recently. One is, and I know I've talked about this in the past, but it's buried somewhere, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure if I really hit it directly. It was kind of a side tangent, non-topic discussion that I did. But the, the question is, I'm new practitioner, I'm going out on a 1099 type situation, and I am, uh, you know, going to be going to be doing all this business stuff. I don't know what I'm doing. How do I set myself up so that I'm not open for any liability? And it's a great question because from a professional standpoint, it really doesn't matter. If you're if you're a 1099 as a sole proprietor or an LLC or a corporation or any of those, you, you don't get you don't get to waive your professional liability. So you you're on the hook either way, personally. 
when it comes to um, your your work in your job. Now, this specific question was, I'm going to be traveling doing visits at nursing homes, between different nursing homes for two or three different physicians. Sorry, intersection. And that's cool. I think that's a great opportunity. I, you could, it's going to be busy. I, I don't know. We're starting right out of school. That wouldn't be one I would personally want to do. But if that's all you can get right now or you really want that type of work, then awesome. Go for it. The, the question here is, what happens to you when you're not doing your professional job? So in other words, it's when you're not assessing or prescribing you know, the medicines and you negligently kill somebody with a, with a medicine. When you're driving in between, how does that work? Well, are you on the job or are you not on the job? So there's a pretty good argument that when you're driving from one nursing home to another nursing home, you're on the job. So as a, as a 1099, if you get in a car accident and your auto policy, you, it, it would be hard for them to know. All right. So let's, let's, I'm going to go into to like the pure legalist and then the, the, the practicality out of this. The pure legalist in me wants to say, you know what, you need to have some kind of an organizational structure that will limit your liability while you're driving to and fro. And you will need a general liability policy, which will include an auto policy uh, as well for your company. So now you've got two two more insurance policies in addition to your malpractice policy, plus the the um, the LLC or 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 corp or whatever, whatever structure works best in your state. This person was not in my state. So I'm not going to presuppose to say that you should use one versus another because there are different tax ramifications. You need to talk to your accountant to do that, to figure out which one's the best. Now you might be able to, to benefit from, um, if you're going to make a ton of money, if you're set up as a corp, I believe it's a corp. Yeah, it's corp. You can, you can defer your uh, FICA tax anything over like $126,500 a year or something, some wacky number, right? But it's something that's pretty high up there for a new grad. But it could be there in a year or two. So it might be worth setting up just so that you can defer any of that extra FICA tax. So you need to really talk to an account. That's my point. My moral of the story is you got to talk to an account and see what works best for you. The legal structure itself doesn't really matter. I mean, they do the same thing. It's potato, potato, whatever one's the cheapest one to file, in my opinion. But it really comes down to what the state tax is going to be. The federal tax, they're all passed through taxation is how you're going to get treated. So you're going to file a K-1 or a S, Schedule S, right, which is which is for your escort, or uh, Schedule C for your corp. I think it's Schedule C. It's been a while since I've done it. And I'm not a tax guy. I just pretend. <laughs> so I, I know enough about it to be dangerous. If it was me, I would read it and do it myself, which is what you should be doing or talking to an accountant. So the, the, the moral of the story here is, is from the, the legalist standpoint, you would want to form an organization that would limit your liability. Your professional liability, you can't waive. So you need to have your own professional mal- malpractice policy in and of itself. You can get it through your company if you want and name you as an insured. That's fine, but that's that sounds like an extra step to me. Now, if you think that you're going to add people to work for you and you want to put them as writers and use that as a selling point, which I always tell people to get their own policy anyways, I, I would probably do it that way. I'd get a general, you know, policy for the, uh, for the LLC, uh, you know, Home Health Services LLC or whatever you want to call it. 
and then I would get a and, and get a writer for me individually and a writer for any other people that want to go work in that practice. Okay. Does that make sense? The, um, the only other thing I really want to talk about there is there, there is potential liability individually if you don't have an LLC or a, a corp. Because let's, let's go through the hypothetical. And it, again, it's remote, but it can happen. And that's, the, the, that's what makes case law. <laughs> the ones that, oh, well, it, it shouldn't have happened, but it did. Here you have a, cir- a circumstance where you're, uh, you get up at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's nice because you don't have to, you know, you can sleep in a little bit. You got your nice gig. You go drive to your first, first uh, nursing home. You see your six or eight, ten people there. All good. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. You uh, get in your car. You head to the second nursing home. You want to bang out two or three there before you go grab a bite to eat or whatever. And so you go and you're driving and you, you know, look at your phone. Oh, crap. I just got called from the previous place. And you're on the phone and you're distracted and you're talking about patient Mrs. Jones in room 102. And oh, my God. And then you wreck into somebody and you hurt them pretty bad. It's not just a fender bender. This is, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of potential damages. They're going to ask during deposition, because if there's a lot of money and there's a lawsuit, they will find out what you were doing, where you were going, who you were talking to on the phone. They'll get your phone records. They'll subpoena all this stuff. I mean, they're going to get all this stuff. They're going to figure out that you were on the clock, so to speak, going from point A to point B. And they're going to sue your company because they probably won't be able to get you personally. Now, if you don't have a company, they're going to sue you personally, and your mal- medical malpractice or your legal mal- or your uh, your uh, uh, malpractice insurance policy is not going to kick in because it wasn't. That's not the scope of what that contract is for. It's for when you screw up, you know, prescribing a medicine or something. Maybe you can get a generalist policy somewhere. I don't know. Somebody's going to call me, email me, say, Jeff, I got a policy that lets me do that. I don't know. I don't know what's out there. You guys got to look around and read the policies. But chances are it's not in there. It's not in mine. Wouldn't be covered. That is an exclusionary. And if in, there's usually a list of a bunch of things that are specifically excluded in your malpractice policy. And I'm probably going to go out on a limb and say that's one of them. Doesn't include vehicle accidents. Something like that. So you're on the hook 100% because your 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 uh, auto policy will probably have an exclusion that says this is not to be covered if you're driving for the course of your business. It probably is in there. You might need to read that. You want to make sure it's there. Okay, so that's why it's, it, having a lawyer or reading their policies, if you don't understand what you're reading, you need to have somebody read it that understands it to make sure that those types of situations, because you're going to be driving a lot. Say you're doing home health. You're always driving for work. You get in a wreck. That scares me for you. Now, if you're driving and you're working for somebody and you're an employee and you're using your car, the company gets sued because there's this 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 legal rule called responding at superior you sue the, the the superior they must respond and support you and cover you they're liable not you for your driving that's why they have a general liability policy and an auto policy and a whole bunch of other policies that cover employees that travel and that's why a lot of big companies mandate that you drive their vehicle not your vehicle because they don't want to have, you know, their insurance policy may say, you know what, no, we, we, we're not going to cover that Ferrari that that guy's driving for work. 
They don't want to fix that one. So the, the point being is that there are potentials for you to get in trouble. Now, in practicality, if you just fender bendered somebody and you show them your, your insurance card and your driver's license and you, you know, swap information and they call and make a claim and you call and make a claim and, and you say, I was in a fender bender and, you know, it's five grand or a thousand dollars or 10 grand or something. It's probably not going to be a big deal, but if it goes to a lawsuit, they're going to figure out where you were going and what you were doing and what were you, were you on the job? Were you working for someone? Were you working for yourself? Where do you have insurance? Do you have, I mean, they're going to figure all that stuff out during, during depositions, at least during discovery. So I would form a company, just personally. It's only a couple hundred bucks to get it all done. You're going to talk to a lawyer. You're probably all told um, you could do it yourself. LegalZoom, I'm not a huge fan of, but you can do it yourself. Um, you know, you're probably going to drop a thousand bucks. But you, you'll have it set up, and then you can keep it and use it for whatever you want. You don't have to call it, you don't have to call it health services. You can call it, you know, Jeff Powers LLC, right? You can call it something that's general. I had one that was just uh, a professional company. I call it something professional. I'm not tell you what it is. And I used it for a bunch of different stuff. So you can use it for different stuff. You don't have to use it just for healthcare. It's kind of cool. Now, it depends on the state. Sometimes you have to actually de- declare what your purpose is of the, of the organization. But for most states, you don't have to do that. It's optional. All right. Second question. Hopefully I answered that one. Chronic Intractable that always listens, and I, I love your comments, so I appreciate you. Um, but if it doesn't, you, you PM me. We'll, call, we'll, we'll talk on the phone. I'll give you my number. We'll go through it if you need to, just to help guide you. I'm not giving advice. I'm not giving you legal advice. I'm going to just tell you what I would do, where I would start. The, um, the other one I got was from a, a, an NP student that is um, curious to know, and, and it was a little bit taken aback because the question is, is pretty general. So don't take offense, dude. I'm, I'm just, it's, it's very, very basic. So some people are going to be like, come on, really? You're talking about this? Because we've kind of talked about a lot of this. So you got to go back and listen to all my shows. That's, that's the first thing, because he's a newer listener. I'm assuming it's a he, based upon his name. And he says, I'm going to be uh, finishing my NP degree, and I want to start a practice with my, um, um, was it brother or brother-in-law or cousin or somebody that's an NP, and we want to go in together, and they're in this great state of Connecticut. And I have no idea what the rules are about Nurse Practice Act in, in Connecticut, but I doubt that you have full practice authority. You might have to do, like, a period of time before you can get full practice authority, Full practice authority for newbies is we don't have to have a collaborative agreement with a physician to be able to practice. You could just set out a shingle and say, I, I'll, I'll take care of you people out there, as long as it's within your scope of practice. Scope of practice is a pain in the ass to figure out because it depends upon the state's rules and it also depends upon... Uh, your education that you received. So you have to look and see, are you acute care? Um, are you an FNP? Um, he was specifically asking, I want to, I, I really like cardiology. I'd love to start a cardiology practice. Well, that's probably never going to happen, dude, because you will not get scope of practice for cardiology. Now there are certain schools that are really awesome. And I can't remember which one it was. It's like Harvard or Yale or something like that, or maybe it's Duke or somebody, but they have they have courses specific in specialties and subspecialties for nurse practitioners. 
Now, you could get close to getting that, but until there's a certification for it, I would not start a practice doing it because that's going to be a big red flag to the board of nursing that you're acting outside of your scope of practice. It's going to put you at risk of losing your license. It's just not worth it to me. Now, there's going to be somebody out there that says, I've got 30 years experience working in a cardiology as an NP, and I do everything that the cardiologist does, and I think I could defend that, and I'm in a full practice state, then I would say, go for it. As long as you can get insurance to cover what you do, then you're probably going to be okay. But you really might want to clear that one with your with your state board first because they don't care. They don't care how much experience you have. They don't care if you're right. They don't care if you're the best one in the state. If you are perceived to be acting outside of the scope and there's a complaint against you, they're going to yank your ticket. Your license is going to go away. You don't want that. So that was no, the number one issue. Is it was just it was kind of basic, but you know, it's sometimes we have to step back and help people out with that stuff. So the, you, you really look at two things: your scope of practice, and you have to look at um, the, um, the level of education that you have. Because right now, the way our education system is, with the with the um, the consensus model being jammed down our throats through the education, um, it's really it's really splitting and fracturing and leaving huge gaps between the types of NPs, not between different types of, a- of APRNs, not, you know, between my midwives and, and uh, anesthesia. I'm talking about between NPs alone. There's these huge gaps. You, you have to fill them with something. And the consensus, the way the consensus model is being interpreted by academia is that you always have to go back to them to be able to expand your scope of practice, but there's scope of practice that's that's gaps. They don't teach all of it. So it creates a problem. So finish your NP degree, dude. Get some experience, then worry about going into business. Um, and you got to find out what, what your state allows for, for full practice or not. If you don't have full practice, if you're like Ohio, we, we don't have full practice. You can still own a business. You can still do it. You can still still go into business for yourself. You just have to find a collaborative physician that signs a, co- a contract with you. It makes it more challenging, and it certainly adds costs that's unnecessary. And we reimbursed through Medicare and Medicaid at 85% of what the, the physicians get. So we're hindered on multiple levels. So for you to be effective in primary care or something like that, you you got to see a lot of people to be able to break even. You just do. But if you've got, you know, a, a concierge medicine or you're, you've got a niche market and you've got a client base that loves you, then you might be able to make that work. It just depends on you. It depends on your market. It's great. I love it. I love the entrepreneurial spirit. It's fantastic. All right, guys. We're at 19 minutes. That was a pretty quick one, huh? I'm trying to do it quick from now because I only got 22 minutes to get to work. So if you guys have questions about anything I said, you want to correct anything I said, Jeff, you said it wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. You're full of crap. Tell me. Email me. Jeff at the npdude.com. I've never had anybody like call me on one or two. Call me out on something. And then I correct it. But if there's something that that you say, you know, Jeff, you're really wrong on something, tell me. I'm not going to bite your head off. I'll look it up. But I need supporting evidence, not just your opinion. So you got to tell me with facts. Recent facts, too. So email me. That's all you got to do. Don't forget to like and share and support the show. If you're working the week, it's beautiful, man. It's like 70 blue skies. It rained all weekend while we were camping, but we still had fun. 
And uh, it's going to be a beautiful week, guys. So I want you to be smart. I want you to be safe. Promote our profession. Don't tear each other down. Hold each other up. Help each other out. And we'll talk soon.